This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Hello, I'm Anita Arnand and thank you for downloading BBC Radio 4's Any Answers, the sister programme to Any Questions. Good afternoon. Welcome to Any Answers. So, should the NHS provide free care for the elderly as envisaged by Nye Bevan? That was a question that was asked on the programme. I wonder what you make of this, because we have heard this week that there have been recommendations that there should be some provision of wraparound care funded to the tune of billions because social care is in crisis. A committee of peers has pushed for a care system modelled exactly on the NHS line. Um, what do you make of that? Can we afford to pay for such a thing? And with an ageing population, can we afford not to? Um, we had both the leadership contenders in the Conservative Party, Jeremy Hunt and Boris Johnson, pledging to make social care their priority. But I wonder what you make of the spending pledges coming from both of those camps, indeed from all the political parties. Extra police, more money for social care, more money for health, lower taxes. Can the Tories in particular claim to be the party of fiscal responsibility anymore? And just looking across the board, what do you make of party pledges? Do they add up? We've seen continuing protests in Hong Kong this week. I wonder what you think the British government should do about it. Is there a real political will to tackle climate change and is subsidising food production a necessity? The number to call, 03700 100 444, email any.answers at bbc.co.uk or tweet using the hashtag BBCAQ. By far, the subject that has attracted the greatest number of calls is social care this afternoon, so let's start with that. John Dean, uh, calling from Mill Hill. You are our first caller. Warm welcome to you. Uh, good afternoon, Nita. Hello there. What did you want to say? Uh, well, I think uh, Ken Clark's right, actually. I, I, I called before I heard all of what he said, but uh, um, I, I think we, we have to be like Scandinavia if we want to. We have to pay for it. I think it's an absolute disgrace and we should be ashamed as a country that we can provide for anyone that breaks the law, give them free board and lodges. They're not, they're not means-tested to go into prison. Uh, and TV and uh, food and everything else. But we don't care for the elderly. We had the, uh, was it the VE celebrations uh, not too long ago, where uh, we, we celebrated the fact that uh, this ge- that, that generation uh, helped ke- keep the country free, yet mm. then we, we just discard them and don't help them. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say, I, I, I know, I can see a note on my, my screen saying that you have elderly parents yourself, so yes, you do have some uh, first-hand I'm lucky knowledge. I still have my parents. Mm. My father was 89 on the 4th of July, um, and my mother will be 84 next week. And he cares for her, which uh, uh, I, I don't mean to contradict one of the panel that said... Uh, it's mostly women because it probably is mostly women, but there are men that care as well mm. um, for their for their for their wives, and uh, he he does that completely alone. He uh, she's wheelchair bound, uh, and I, I think that we do have to be there for them. We have to help them. Whether the I, I think care homes need to be taken back into the NHS, uh, and I'm a conservative voter or have been in the past, I should say, um, because it's something that that can't be there just for profit. It has to be there to, to care for our elderly and needy. Well, as somebody who's a Conservative voter, um, you know that there is a, you know, that the, the term fiscal responsibility is, is waved around rather a lot and costing is always yes. brought up when, when anybody ever suggests expanding any remit of care. 
the follow-up question is quite rightly, how much will that cost? Where is it going to come from? And where do you think it should come from? I think it uh, it has to come from tax. I'm, I'm prepared to pay more tax. And uh, I think if, if all of us can... Um, I'm not talking about the people on the uh, on, on sort of minimum wage and what have you and uh, are struggling, but for most of us that can pay more tax, should pay more tax because if we want to uh, have our our parents, grandparents, what have you, uh, looked after uh, when they when they need us, we need to pay for it. And yet, you've got two uh, leadership candidates um, who are saying, in particular, one I'm thinking of, who is saying, "I'll cut income tax." Well, someone uh, on the panel said, uh, I'm not quite sure who, that they'll say anything to get elected. And I think that's the sad thing. I think someone needs to be brave enough to stand up and say, if you want this, this is what we've got to do. And I think anybody that's uh, sensibly minded realises this because you can't, you can't, for example, pop down to the supermarket with less money each week and ask for more. Mm. Uh, John, thank you for your call. Uh, I've got an absolute... Welter of uh, emails and texts here on this issue. Uh, John Lindley says that adequate social care costs money. We must all pay something similar to the German 3% levy and or continuing to pay national insurance after retirement. Intergenerational envy, which suggests removing bus passes for the elderly, is largely irrelevant. Paul says if you blame boomers, some of whom admittedly have benefited in the past from a less feral state and some of whom have impressively vile opinions for the actions of successive neoliberal governments, You've fallen for the old divide and rule trick. Well done, you. Uh, another here. The panel are talking about the elderly as if they're people from a foreign land. Surely we're just investing in our own life support system. And Thomas O'Rourke says the NHS should absolutely provide a free service to the elderly. Look to Japan to see how elderly people are respected and cared for. Let's take another call on this. 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Julia uh, Fairbairn is calling us from Oxford. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm a retired nurse and um, I feel very strongly. In fact, I felt at the moment I was told I didn't have to pay national insurance anymore. Um, I thought, why? I don't understand why um, pensioners should stop paying national insurance. Um, I think obviously some people are on a very low um, pension, perhaps just on the state pension, and it wouldn't apply to them. But many of us are on an occupational pension, still paying tax. And I would like us to continue paying national insurance i mean i'd even quite like it to be called perhaps social care insurance mm. i mean we are the people who are going to perhaps need it you know hopefully not most of us feel that but we may do and i i really it's very costly and i feel there's a there's a many pensioners who will be very happy um to continue paying there, there is the other school of thought, which, um, if you share this opinion, please uh, do give us a call, 03700 100 444. But uh, for want of that call right now, I will tell you what that argument is, which is, you know what, if you, if you have a pot of money in the form of your pension, you then as an individual can choose to invest it in um, a type of insurance or some kind of scheme that will give you provision for the rest of your life and you as an individual are best placed to make that decision rather than the state. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, we don't think that way about the National Health Service on the whole. Very few people go for private health insurance. And I feel it's a duty of the state um, to provide care for the elderly. But the problem is now we have a lot of elderly people. The ratio has changed as more and more older people and, and fewer younger people. And we can't put the burden totally on them. And I, I feel we, we need to pay for it ourselves. And it's, it's 
I mean, privately, it would be much more costly than if everybody paid a flat rate. I'm not quite sure how it would be organised. It would require a lot of research to work out how best to do it. Mm. But I really feel strongly that um, we should be we should still pay for it, us pensioners. Julia, thank you very much. Second caller at the top of the programme saying I would be willing to pay more. Um, this is a, a text which has come from somebody who calls themselves Believe There Is on Twitter. Uh, the Tories would happily turn the NHS into an American-style insurance-based system. They just won't admit it. Uh, George Bernard Shaw says at the moment the government will pay carer's allowance to one family member to care for someone needing 24-7 care, meaning they need an extra expensive help from social care providers. But if the government simply paid carer's allowance to two family members, that would save millions of pounds. Uh, Another one here. I'm a retired nurse now working as a carer. I'm ashamed to say... I am a carer because the title assumes a person who can do nothing else. That is so, so wrong. Amazing people who could earn more as a dog walker or a cleaner in the London area. Um, Elderly care is the most important crisis. Bed blocking, no rehab facilities, little respect. Please, please make caring a real valued job. Uh, Let us talk to somebody else on this. Elizabeth. Balsam is calling us from London. Hi, Elizabeth. What did you want to say? I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding about what is meant by social care or personal care. It's not an optional add-on. It can be dealing with very, very basic personal hygiene. My mother had dementia, and the nature of her dementia meant that she she lost all concern for personal hygiene. So eventually she had to go into a nursing home where she was excellently cared for. But because she was, as I say, very wealthy and had more than £17,000 total asset, because this is going back to 1999, she had to pay all her fees herself. And when you find yourself in that situation, you are paying the fees out of net income, so you can't even set off against tax Mm. the cost of having your bottom wiped. Then also, nursing homes routinely charge self-funders, like my mother, much higher fees than uh, local authorities will pay for their clients. Uh, but is, is it also true to say that once somebody dips below the threshold, and you say it's 17,000, I'm not sure what it is these days, but it was 23,000. 23, thank you very much indeed for, for that. But once you dip below that, then state mechanisms do kick so, in. But I think when you think um, the decision makers who make those decisions, would any politician get out of bed for £23,000? I don't think so. But what about, what about those who say, look, if you, if you have worked hard and you have the money and you can pay for that care and we have, we have uh, you know, this, this ageing population, greater demands, isn't it fair that the, the, the burden of, of payment for an individual's care if they are going into private health care should fall on that individual? Um, do you think it would be fair if you were told to pay for your cancer treatment? And I can say that because I've had breast cancer. Or if you have a heart attack and need, um, need an angioplasty or a stent put in, mm. would you say that that should be... It is not recognising, the failure to recognise that um, dementia, which is very often the cause of people needing support, is a disease. Um, some neighbours of mine, the, the husband got dementia and eventually became aggressive. Mm. And his wife tried to care for him at home and she tried to get carers to come into the house and the um, agency said, no, we have to send two people, he's too aggressive. But then eventually he had to go into a nursing home because the nature of his disease meant she couldn't care for him. Mm. It's recognising what dementia is. It is an illness. It's just as much as illness as cancer or cardiovascular diseases and it should be recognised as that. Now I think some of your previous callers have made interesting points. 
somebody mentioned Germany, and I know the Germans have got it. I don't understand it in detail, but I think where you have to sort of join into an insurance scheme would make sense because insurance schemes only work if everybody has to participate because obviously not everybody is going to draw on it. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, it is the sheer unfairness that either you're being charged more than you would if you were a social science, social services client, and it's discriminating against the sort of disease you're talking about. Uh, it's just being unfair. Yeah, I mean, an interesting response is coming through uh, on Twitter. The panel, uh, it says here from somebody who calls themselves Figs, uh, the panel are talking about the elderly as if they are people from a foreign land. Surely we are just investing in our own life support system. And that's something, Elizabeth, that I suppose will chime with you very strongly, won't it? Mm, yes, I think so. Mm. And I, I think somebody made the point about taking nursing homes back into the health system, which health service, which I think is important, because if you think of the number of large companies that have pulled out of providing nursing homes because the business model just doesn't work, I know it's expensive, I know, it, it, you know, it, what they're talking about, 8 billion, was it, that Forsyth was talking about, mm. but somehow we have to find a way around of finding an insurance or a tax system that will start to cover this, and it has to be paid by everybody, because otherwise it just falls unfairly. Okay, and, and and if it is a flat rate, I mean, have you have you had a just on? I know it, asking somebody to solve the problems of the world is a lot, but just from a personal perspective, how much would more in a percentage term would you be willing to pay um, in taxation to contribute to what is going to be a a a, a price tag of billions to do this properly? Um, I would think if you, I mean, I'm just thinking of what you would put the basic rate to, maybe 23 or 25 percent. Was it Max Hancock, somebody who sort of said he was going to reduce the basic rate to to 15 percent or something like that? Mm. And I did send off an email to my MP who knows me anyway and Mm. said, this is madness. Mm. We can't reduce taxes in that way. You'd have to put it up, I would think, to about 23 percent. So you're, you're you're, you're a conservative voter? By history, and this is something that you feel very strongly about, that you, well, you're not interested in Well, one reason why yeah. I got involved with the Conservatives yeah. locally was because my MP, Justine Greening, opposed um, expansion of Heathrow Airport, which is okay. another of mine. No, 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 that's 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 fine. But it's interesting, it's interesting because you're another Conservative voter. I'm not, yes, no, I'm not a member not, not a member. I don't but, have a vote. Okay, Elizabeth, thank you very much. But um, we did hear from somebody a little while ago who said, look, I am actually Conservative, but I would be willing to pay more tax. Uh, another one here from somebody who calls themselves sarcastic. Uh, why should baby boomers who got everything for free and pulled the ladder up get free care at the end of their life? Let them take a loan out like they've enforced on students and pay 6% interest on it. With their jobs for life, their affordable housing and their final salary pensions, they're just averse to paying for things because they've never had to do so before. Uh, another one here from Des Yates who says everybody should pay a lump sum at retirement by way of care insurance. Tina says absolutely yes, the NHS should pay. There are priorities for government spending. This is one of them. Sadly, due to lack of funds, the elderly are given a really bad deal and also families who care for relatives have no credible support. Let's take another on this. As I say, coming in thick and fast this afternoon, 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Sarah Starkey is calling us from Tunbridge. Hello, Sarah. Oh, hi. Hi, what did you want to say? Um, uh, firstly, because um, I've been hearing this emotively uh, uh, suggestion that um, every you know every elderly person has fought in the war. You know, the first gentleman mentioned VE Day, and I've mm. heard it a lot. Um, I'm 74, and I was born uh, one month after the war. My father died one month before mm. as a pilot. 
Most people alive today did not fight in that war. Can we please get that correct? So the people who need help now had nothing, basically, unless they're well, you know, probably 93 onwards, mm. did not fight in the last okay, so, war. Okay, so, all right, so I we, we accept... No, no, that keeps coming up. I, I understand. The first gentleman yeah. gave the suggestion yeah. and both his parents will not have fought because he gave them their... Okay. Uh, he gave me... He gave us their age. So, so you, you've... no way they fought in that war. Fine, so you, you've made that point very, very clearly. Does all it right, matter? Now, Does um, it Now, let's let's move on from that. Does it matter if you fought in a war or not? If you are yeah, elderly no, and frail and you... it doesn't matter. Right, OK. But, but, but people okay. keep using this. The Brits well, keep using the war you've, you've, as some kind of... You, well, you, you uh, benchmark for everything. Woe betide anyone who, who does that after your call, Sarah, because you made the point very, very clearly. <laughs> but what what about provision itself? Because, look, adult social care, uh, you know, at the moment, we've got 1.4 million older people. That's 14% of the population. It is it is said they have unmet care needs. Yes, of course right? they so, do. So what, so what do we do? What do, we do? Well, this is going to be my point, because, and I, I speak as someone not only, you know, thank God I'm healthy mm-hmm. and sane at the moment, um, though I do wonder if some of our MPs are. Um, you know, the, the fact is my son is a care worker. Now, I'm going to say this, irrespective of whether we have the money to pay for all this, which we don't because people don't like paying taxes, we don't want, as far as I have always gathered, be like Sweden, where you really do have far more equity of everything and people pay proper taxes. We don't want to in this country. People like to keep what's, what isn't really theirs um, as supposed I earned it mm-hmm. when in fact what many people are given, you know, it, 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 in showbiz or whatever, loads more money than others. And what I want to know is where are all these people who are going to come from who are going to care for the people who need care? For example, I listen to, and I'll hear it this summer, um, there'll be many, many programs about um, uh, the, the, the exam results for this uh, summer and what uni you're going to go to and what, what uni is your child really want. I have never in my all my years listening to the radio ever heard someone say, I'd like my, my child to be an underpaid, overworked, in the soulless job of going from people's houses for 15 minutes here, 20 minutes yeah. there, caring for them and not being paid in between. So what you're saying, Sarah, is thank you very much for your call, is, is pretty much uh, what one of our, our texters said as well, that you know this has got to be a proper profession which is paid properly uh, because it's one of the most important professions out there at the moment. Um, 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Uh, just some more of your thoughts coming in. Once a citizen hits the age of 60, they should receive a universal income, says someone who calls themselves Lao Tzu on uh, Twitter. It's up to them how they spend it, but do not subsidise health provision from taxation. Sarah Hemmings, as my parents worked all their lives, my mum till she was in her 70s, doing valuable jobs, teaching the young. They paid tax for decades and decades. Surely, surely they deserve support as they grow frailer. Craig says, our economic model sees pensioners as economic liabilities rather than somebody with a rich local history of events to pass down. 
Um, Neil says, I support the view of the lady who is a retired nurse, re-retired people continuing to pay national insurance contributions. I've been saying that for such a long time. It should be a fixed monthly amount used solely for social care. 03700 100 444. Um, Just talking about the need for a, a, a social care system, which mimics the the kind of structures we have in the NHS and how do you pay for it and who'd be willing to pay for it and how much would you be willing to pay for it? Uh, Anita Silverstone is calling us from Bristol. Excellent name, Silverstone. Well done. (laughs) Welcome to the programme, Anita. What do you want to say? Right. I do agree that the state should be supporting the elderly. Um, But I think equally the state has made a a big mistake in, in making women retire later because... Um, I, I fall into that bracket because you had a vast um, body of people that would have been helping once they retired at 60, would have been supporting their elderly parents and indeed supporting their grandchildren as well because that, that's another whole hornet's nest of support. Mm. Um, and so suddenly now, and we're four years into this, I'm 64, I'm one of the ones that's had to go on to 66. Mm. Um, and they could have been caring for parents so that they wouldn't have been um, having an accident and then stuck in hospital because there's nobody to look after them when they get home. And taking up some of the less medical things, the less serious things, but where people need support in doing their shopping or washing and cleaning and and things like that. And then the health, the the, um, elderly people would be cared for by the state as their needs got more. Um, I mean, just, I, I think yeah. we've taken out a whole ranch of free carers. Well, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, as, as one of the devotees to my colleagues here at Radio 4, as you know, I worship them all. Um, you know, I like candles in front of photographs and things. But on Women's Hour, if you do listen to um, uh, that programme, the number of times I've heard from people who say, you know what, I do have a job. And I do have elderly patient, uh, parents and I do have children and I'm doing all of it to the best of my ability and it's it's killing me. You know, so, so women are doing that role. I think maybe are you suggesting that it could be made a little bit easier for them? Well, I, I, I think it's very difficult if, if you're working a full-time job. I'm, I'm able to support all of mine because I actually have taken a teacher's pension. I haven't got my state pension, but I'm partly retired, so I can help. Mm. I can go in the day if there's a doctor's appointment my mother needs to go to. Would, you, would, you, would, you, would you be happy after you, know, you fully retire and you get your pension from, from all the sources that you are entitled to get it from? Would you be happy to carry on paying, paying national insurance? Yes, I would. Okay. And another thing, I well, think... No, not one person has said no to that yet. So, I mean, let, let, yes. that's interesting. Can I just yeah. make one of the... Very, very briefly, Anita, yeah. Yes, yes. Everybody at 60 gets free prescriptions now, whether they're male or female. Um, that seems a bit of an anomaly. Now people are working to 65. OK, gosh. OK, thank you very much indeed. 03700 100 444. Every single person I've spoken to so far on this programme, and, you know, this is not scientifically representative of anything at all, but it is interesting, so I will make a note of it, has said they'd be willing to pay more and for longer. Bill Coombs is calling us from Norfolk. Hello, good afternoon, Bill. Oh, good afternoon. Hi there. What did you want to tell us? Well, really, to agree with everything that's been said so far, it's pretty obvious that uh, there is a general feeling that this should be state-supported in terms of looking after the elderly, and it makes common sense. Uh, I'm in that bracket myself. I'm extraordinarily lucky in that, in fact, I'm healthy and don't need particular support. But it seems to me that having worked, as I did, for the best part of 50-plus uh, years uh, and paid 
taxes with no tax rebates during that period, that the government has taken the money and ought to be able to supply the services. If that means increasing the taxes, so be it. Trouble is, I think we suffer in this country particularly from the Gordon Gecko complex. Uh, greed is good, and uh, there are a number of people that tend to direct our affairs that uh, believe strongly in that principle. So one, one of the things that has come up, um, Bill, in people's emails is that, you know, yes, it's all very well. Everybody comes on your programme saying I would be willing to pay more in taxation, but you have to actually think of times when a party has very clearly said that as a manifesto promise. I am going to raise your taxes. I am going to make you pay more. Um, Those people find it harder to win an election. Yes, this is, I say, the Gordon Mm. Gecko complex. Mm. Unfortunately, the people that uh, take an interest perhaps on the uh, political side and vote tend to work on the principle that they uh, want to keep, uh, quote, their money. Their money is basically a function of uh, the the, uh, economical situation at the time, whether uh, there's enough money to pay extortionate uh, amounts to uh, a particularly small uh, part of the population. You, you, you uh, said you said you're in that bracket. May I may I have the terrible cheek of asking how old you are, Bill? Uh, Eighty three. You sound so much younger than that. Uh, but but just tell me how are you sort of intending to fund the rest of your life? How is it going to? How how do you see it mapping out around you? The amount that I have available will be used as uh, necessary, and uh, if it runs out, well, so be it. Uh, It seems to me that I um, and the rest of the elderly population shouldn't have to spend uh, any proportion of their time worrying whether they're going to survive and uh, um, have uh, sufficient support from the community. It ought to be there as a matter of course. Scandinavian countries, Mm. particularly Sweden, managed to do it successfully. There's no reason why we shouldn't if we have the will. And those people who say, you know what, I've worked and worked and worked, you know, I've managed to transform my life. I've had so much better than my parents did. And and I want to leave something to my children. I want to do... Oh dear. No? Uh, sorry, I'm afraid I have no sympathy whatsoever. The people that have worked and worked and worked, we've all worked. I worked hard for 30-plus years in the services. Um, it wasn't a particularly comfortable existence, but I worked hard. Uh, I don't claim any rights, particularly for having uh, been in a position which I mostly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's Everybody has an opportunity, and they make the most of it or not, as the case may be. At the end of the day, we're all equal, and we should be paying equal amounts to look after the rest of the community. Thank you very much for your call, Bill. Um, so just, just to put some numbers on this, this idea that the government should introduce some kind of basic entitlement to some kind of publicly funded personal care, which most of you are, are asking for this afternoon. So accommodation and, and, and costs and costs of other kind of help and support, according to the, the King's Fund, which does put numbers on this, and also the Health Foundation, they say those should still be incurred by the individual. But to fund the rest, the cost would be about £7 billion, they think. So where does that money come from? Julie, Julia Richardson is calling us from Swansea. Good afternoon, Julia. What do you want to say? Good afternoon. Well, seven billion. Well, that's peanuts, isn't it? What nobody seems to talk about is the government has got plenty of money when they want to, for example, give 95 billion, that's 95 billion, to the banks. They just handed it over. They're going to spend billions on a fast train from Birmingham to London. The money goes towards people's jobs. The jobs looking after older people, and I've been doing that for years, can be a creative job. When they want to spend money on something like a war, nobody talks about, oh, we can't afford it. 
You know, when they want to do something disgusting like fund nuclear power and put all our lives at risk, they say, oh, yes, it creates jobs. Yeah, that's how they twist it. But when it comes to actually looking after people in their vulnerable years, mm. they say, oh, no, we can't afford it. Well, what a load of rubbish that is. We're one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. Mm. Of course we can afford it. What's happened since 1945 is we've had a, a massive sea change in government priorities where it's giving money to the top 1%, the rich people, and taking it off the rest of us. Okay. It's not that we don't want to pay taxes. We have no control over what happens to those taxes. Julia, thank you. Given- yeah, no, Julie, I, I, only, only curtailing him very eloquently put and passionately put, but um, just because we're running out of time, and Brian, I just wanted to give him one chance to get in. Brian, if you can very briefly make your point. From oh, yes. What did you um, want to say? One possible source of income for the um, national health and social care funding is national insurance system. There is an upper earnings limit where people who earn more than a certain amount don't pay anything. I think that limit should be totally removed so that some of these people that have obscene salaries these days will pay national insurance on all of it. Mm. I've never heard this option discussed by anybody, and I think it should. I don't know how much money it would raise. Whether it would raise £7 billion or more, I don't know. Mm. OK, thank you very much indeed. Um, let's just have a look at some more of your emails here. Bringing social care onto the NHS will just increase the size, about £150 billion of the plum that private companies... Uh, will feast on, says David Murray. Bring back, th- bring the NHS back under public control before amalgamated social care in order to avoid the profit motive dominating both our health and social care at the moment. And another one here. I have severe cerebral palsy. Please do not forget that social care is not just for the elderly but for the disabled too. I agree social care is a mess. It varies from one council to another council. If one gets social care... Or not depends on the quality of assessment and the quality of social worker who completes that assessment. Uh, Anastasia, thank you very much for that. And just a few of your texts, because uh, really, uh, if I do take another call, I'll have to cut you off so quickly you'll be cross. Uh, the NHS was set up to take care of those in need who have no other choice. There is therefore a very strong case for the NHS to cover social care too. Another one here, beware when comparing the Scandinavians to us. As a Brit in Sweden, I have to pay tax on my small UK basic state pension but will still have to pay even if I need social care in Sweden pensioners pay higher income tax than all other people Uh, this one here I fully support the older generation having full care but not through the NHS this should be via social care and social care alone says Carol Elliott that is all from us we will be back same time next week till then